0: Chapter Three, Fourteen, of Gargantua, and Pantagruel, Book Three, by Francois Rabelais. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Panurge's dream, with the interpretation thereof, at seven o'clock of the next following morning, Panurge did not fail to present himself before Pantagruel, in whose chamber were at that time epistemon friar john of the funnels panocrates eudemon carpelin and others to whom at the entry of panurge pantagruel said lo here cometh our dreamer that word quoth epistemon in ancient times cost very much and was dearly sold to the children of jacob then said panurge i've been plunged into my dumps so deeply as if i had been lodged with gaffer noddycap cap dreamed indeed i have and that right lustily but i could take along with me no more thereof than i did goodly understand save only that i in my vision had a pretty fair young gallant handsome woman who no less lovingly and kindly treated and entertained me hugged cherished cockered dandled and made much of me as if i had been another neat dilly darling minion like adonis never was man more glad than i was then my joy at that time was incomparable she flattered me tickled me stroked me groped me frizzled me curled me kissed me embraced me laid her hands about my neck and now and then made jestingly pretty little horns above my forehead i told her in the like disport as i did play the fool with her that she should rather place and fix them in a little below mine eyes that i might see the better what i should stick at with them for being so situated momus then would find no fault therewith as he did once with the position of the horns of bulls the wanton toying girl notwithstanding any remonstrance of mine to the contrary did always drive and thrust them further in yet thereby which to me seemed wonderful she did not do me any hurt at all a little after though i know not how i thought i was transformed into a tabor and she into a chuff my sleeping there being interrupted i wakened in a start, angry displeased perplexed chafing and very wroth there have you a large platterful of dreams make thereupon good cheer and if you please spare not to interpret them according to the understanding which you may have in them come Carpalin, let us to breakfast to my sense and meaning quoth pantagruel if i have skill or knowledge in the art of divination by dreams your wife will not really unto the outward appearance of the world plant or set horns and stick them fast in your forehead after a visible manner as satyrs used to wear and carry them but she will be so far from preserving herself loyal in the discharge and observance of a conjugal duty that on the contrary she will violate her plighted faith break her marriage oath infringe all matrimonial ties prostitute her body to the dalliance of other men and so make you a cuckold this point is clearly and manifestly explained and expounded by artemidorus just as i have related it nor will there be any metamorphosis or transmutation made of you into a drum or tabor but you will surely be as soundly beaten as ever was tabor at a merry wedding nor yet will she be changed into a chuff but will steal from you chiefly in the night as is the nature of that thievish bird hereby may you perceive your dreams to be in every jot conform and agreeable to the virgilian lots a cuckold you will be beaten and robbed then cried out father john with a loud voice he tells the truth upon my conscience thou wilt be a cuckold an honest one i warrant thee oh the brave horns that will be borne by thee ha 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 our good master de cornivus god save thee and shield thee wilt thou be pleased to preach but two words of a sermon to us and i will go through the parish church to gather up alms for the poor you are quoth Banurge, very far mistaken in your interpretation for the matter is quite contrary to your sense thereof my dream presageth that i shall by marriage be stored with plenty of all manner of goods the hornifying of me showing that i will possess a cornucopia that amalthian horn which is called the horn of abundance whereof the fruition did still portend the wealth of the enjoyer you possibly will say that they are rather like to be satyr's horns for you of these did make some mention amen amen fiat fiatur ad differentium papae. thus shall i have my toucher home still ready my staff of love sempiternally in a good case will satyr-like be never toiled out a thing which all men wish for and send up their prayers to that purpose but such a thing is nevertheless as nevertheless is granted but to a few hence doth it follow by a consequence as clear as the sunbeams that i will never be in the danger of being made a cuckold for the defect hereof is causa sine qua non yea the sole cause as many think of making husbands cuckolds. what makes poor scoundrel rogues to beg i pray you is it not because they have not enough at home wherewith to fill their bellies and their pokes what is it makes the wolves to leave the woods is it not the want of flesh meat what maketh women whores you understand me well enough and herein may i very well submit my opinion to the judgment of learned lawyers presidents counsellors advocates procurers attorneys and other glossers and commentators on the venerable rubric de Frigidus et maleficiatis you are in truth sir as it seems to me excuse my boldness if i have transgressed in the most palpable and absurd error to attribute my horns to cuckoldry diana wears them on her head after the manner of a crescent is she a cookean for that how the devil can she be cuckolded who never yet was married speak somewhat more correctly i beseech you lest she being offended furnish you with a pair of horns shapen by the pattern of those which she made for Action. the goodly bacchus also carries horns pan jupiter amon with a great many others are they all cuckolds? If Jove be a cuckold, Juno is a whore. This follows by the figure metalepsis as to call a child in the presence of his father and mother a bastard or whore's son, is tacitly and underboard, no less than if he had said openly, the father is a cuckold and his wife a punk. Let our discourse come nearer to the purpose. The horns that my wife did make me are horns of abundance, planted and grafted in my head for the increase and shooting up of all good things this will i affirm for truth upon my word and pawn my faith and credit both upon it as for the rest i will be no less joyful frolic glad cheerful merry jolly and gamesome than a well-bended tabor in the hands of a good drummer at a nuptial feast still making a noise still rolling still buzzing and cracking believe me sir in that consisteth none of my least good fortunes and my wife will be jocund feet compt neat quaint dainty trim tricked up brisk smirk and smug even as a pretty little cornish chuff who will now believe this let hell or the gallows be the burden of his christmas carol i remark quoth pantagruel the last point or particle which you did speak of and having seriously conferred it with the first find that at the beginning you were delighted with the sweetness of your dream but in the end and final closure of it you startlingly awakened and on a sudden were forthwith vexed in choler and annoyed yea quoth banerj the reason of that was because i had fasted too long flatter not yourself quoth pantagruel all will go to ruin know for a certain truth that every sleep that endeth with a starting and leaves the person irksome grieved and fretting doth either signify present evil or otherwise presageth and portendeth a future imminent mishap to signify an evil that is to say to show some sickness hardly curable a kind of pestilentious or malignant boil botch or sore lying and lurking hid occult and latent within the very centre of the body which many times doth by the means of sleep whose nature is to reinforce and strengthen the faculty and virtue of concoction being according to the theorems of physic to declare itself and moves toward the outward superficies at this sad stirring is the sleeper's rest and ease disturbed and broken whereof the first feeling and stinging smart admonisheth that he must patiently endure great pain and trouble and thereunto provide some remedy as when we say proverbially to incense hornets to move a stinking puddle and to awake a sleep lion instead of these more usual expressions and of a more familiar and plain meaning to provoke angry persons to make a thing the worse by meddling with it and to irritate a testy choleric man when he is at quiet on the other part to presage or foretell an evil especially in what concerneth the exploits of the soul in matter of somnial divinations is as much to say as that it giveth us to understand that some dismal fortune or mischance is destinated and prepared for us which shortly will not fail to come to pass a clear and evident example hereof is to be found in the dream and dreadful awaking of hecuba as likewise in that of eurydice the wife of orpheus neither of which was no sooner finished saith aeneas but that incontinently thereafter they awaked in a start and were affrighted horribly thereupon these accidents ensued hecuba had her husband priamus together with her children slain before her eyes and saw then the destruction of her country and eurydice died speedily thereafter in a most miserable manner aeneas dreaming that he spoke to hector a little after his decease did on a sudden in a great start awake and was afraid now hereupon did follow this event troy that same night was spoiled sacked and burnt at another time the same aeneas dreaming that he saw his familiar geniuses and Penates, in a ghastly fright and astonishment awaked of which terror and amazement the issue was that the very next day subsequent by a most horrible tempest on the sea he was like to have perished and been cast away moreover turnus being prompted instigated and stirred up by the fantastic vision of an infernal fury to enter into a bloody war against aeneas awaked in a start much troubled and disquieted in spirit in sequel whereof after many notable and famous routs defeats and discomfitures in open field he came at last to be killed in a single combat by the said aeneas a thousand other instances i could afford if it were needful of this matter whilst i relate these stories of aeneas Remark the saying of Fabius Pictor, who faithfully averred that nothing had at any time befallen unto was done or enterprised by him, whereof he prealably had not noticed and beforehand foreseen it to the full by his sure predictions altogether founded on the oracles of somnial divination. to this there is no want of pregnant reasons, no more than of examples, for if repose and rest in sleeping be a special gift in favour of the gods as is maintained by the philosophers and by the poet attested in these lines then sleep that heavenly gift came to refresh of human labourers the wearied flesh such a gift or benefit can never finish or terminate in wrath and indignation without portending some unlucky fate and most disastrous fortune to ensue otherwise it were a molestation and not an ease a scourge and not a gift at least not proceeding from the gods above but from the infernal devils our enemies according to the common vulgar saying suppose the lord father or master of a family sitting at a very sumptuous dinner furnished with all manner of good cheer and having at his entry to the table his appetite sharp set upon his victuals whereof there was great plenty should be seen rise in a start and on a sudden fling out of his chair abandoning his meat frighted appalled and in a horrid terror who should not know the cause hereof would wonder and be astonished exceedingly but what he heard his male servants cry fire 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 his serving maids and women yell stop thief stop thief and all his children shout as loud as ever they could murder oh murder murder then was it not high time for him to leave his banqueting for application of a remedy in haste and to give speedy order for succoring of his distressed household truly i remember that the cabalists and masserets interpreters of the sacred scriptures entreating how with verity one might judge of evangelical apparitions because oftentimes the angel of satan is disguised and transfigured into an angel of light, said that the difference of these two mainly did consist in this the favorable and comforting angel useth in his appearing unto man at first to terrify and hugely affright him but in the end he bringeth consolation leaveth the person who has seen him joyful well pleased fully content and satisfied on the other side the angel of perdition that wicked, devilish, and malignant spirit, at his appearance unto any person in the beginning, cheereth up the heart of his beholder, but at last forsakes him and leaves him troubled, angry, and perplexed. End of chapter three, fourteen.